Another Way to Play, episode 128. So there's only two things in life that really matter when you're talking about business, or really two things in life. Am I setting up a schedule and doing it? So do I always show up and do it? Like, like you're, you're a rower, I was a swimmer. Did you go to workout? Yes, because you, you, you competed at a really high level. So did I. And then the second thing is how well are we doing it? So are we coachable? Are we continuing to improve and continue to improve and continue to improve? This is Chris Thompson, co-owner and head coach of the Student Works Management Program. And if you want to make the next chapter of your life better than the last, then you should be listening to Another Way to Play with my good friend, Hans Struzina. Welcome to Another Way to Play. I'm your host, Hans Struzina, Olympic athlete turned top producing Bay Area realtor. I believe that your success or failure is determined by your ability to compete and win when it comes to your mindset. Twice a week, I talk with other high performers to share the lessons and inspiration that allowed them to blow the roof off their success. So get ready to have some fun, be inspired, and most importantly, learn the skills you need to win in your own life. This is Another Way to Play. I am your host, Hans Strazina, and I have a question for you. Have you ever had a college or a summer job that you just hated, you learned nothing at, you were underappreciated, and you walked away just with that bitter, awful taste in your mouth? Well, today's guest is doing the exact opposite of that. Well, today we have the pleasure and honor of hearing from Chris Thompson. He is the co-owner and head coach of the Student Works Management Program, which is a prestigious entrepreneur training program for university students in Canada that helps them develop necessary skills to become the leaders of tomorrow. Uh, Essentially, what they are doing is recruiting kids who have entrepreneurial drive, want to get some business experience, and giving them not only the skills, but the coaching and the training to start their own summer businesses, learn how to door knock, how to close deals, how to deliver the goods, do customer service accounting, you name it, they're learning it, uh, and then taking those skills back into the classroom and ultimately into their careers really cool thing that they're doing and working on. He actually started out over 30 years ago as a student in this program, has uh, worked his way up in it and has put his own flavor on it as well. So we get to hear about his story as well as some of the lessons that he's teaching his students uh, who go through the program. If you get some value out of this episode, head over to iTunes or whichever player you're listening on and give it a five-star rating and review because it really gives me some critical feedback on how I'm doing, how I can continue to provide value. And of course, the algorithm loves that stuff so that I love it. And uh, we want to make sure we keep the algorithm happy to keep the show growing and getting out in front of a few more people. Thanks in advance for that. And thank you to all of you who've taken the few minutes to do that because it really means an awful lot to me. I do read all of those. So without any further ado, guys, let's get into it with Chris Thompson. Chris, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's great to have you here. No, really excited to be here. And uh, yeah, no, this will be awesome. And uh, I guess technically this is your back. This is the second time. The first time we had a technical difficulty. So as we were saying just before we hit this record button, the second time is going to be even better. So you guys are in for a treat. So Chris, let's just get back into it. Let's talk about Student Works Management Program, what it is and what your role is there. 
So I'm the head coach of the Student Works Management Program, and what we do every fall is we go in on university campuses across Canada and recruit the best and the brightest, the most motivated people who want to be students that want to be entrepreneurs. And they, they get recruited into our program, and we train them how to recruit, how to market, how to sell, how to run their own net profit business either home maintenance painting or home maintenance kind of window cleaning and cleaning. Um, and they put about 20 to 25 hours a week around their university studies from January to May 1st. And then May to, to September 1st, they go and run their business. So we operate only for four months of the year. Um, but across Canada, we do over $30 million worth of services. Wow. Very cool. So you're literally building a workforce of, of kids who are in college who are hungry and want to get out there and learn something, but then teaching them some uh, very practical skills on how to actually run a business and go out into the marketplace and provide some value for folks. 100%. Like, you know, you know, I, I, I know you're, you know, university educated. I, I had a fantastic education at the University of Toronto. And the limitation is, is just because I know something, I've read lots of books, it, it really, it really, in my mind, doesn't really mean anything unless I'm actually using it in the real world and creating, creating results. So, so we're putting people uh, so that they've, they've got experience. You know, how do I know to be a leader unless I'm actually leading and I'm finding out this way of being is working, that way of being is not working. It's amazing how practical application can, can cram a semester's worth of uh, knowledge into about 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's no question. And, and we've had many people have said, you know, look, I learned more here this summer than in my MBA. Now, now again, still highly recommend a great MBA, but it's in, and ultimately that MBA person will go and get real life experience. What works, what doesn't, you know, and, ultimately that's where it really the rubber hits the road you know it's it i love the concept of what you guys are doing and what you have been doing i know there are are various versions of that here in the states i think college pro painters is one that comes to mind that at least in seattle was prevalent there and where when i went was growing up and when i was in college um but just getting that practical education i was i went to uw so uh, University of Washington, and we had an entrepreneurship program, sounds like similar to what you guys have. But one of the classes, so in school, we literally formed teams that started companies, pitched a, a board of investors who had a fund for dedicated to the class, they wrote us a check, we went and executed the next semester, uh, whatever our business plan was and tried to make a profit. And then class sessions were literally like board of directors meetings. And it was like, in that six months or however long it was, I cannot tell, I probably learned more than two years of business school in that, in, in that one class in that short time period. 100%. Yeah, no, it's, it, it, and, and our, our uh, college pro who really was the granddaddy of the business, um, they've actually exited the business. So, and their, their business model just morphed into a bunch of other things that were really successful and working. And, and it really takes, I think, I think part of it is, is that it really takes somebody who just is running it like a cause. Cause for us, it's really a cause. We really want to develop my big goal in life is to create a thousand millionaires or co-create a thousand millionaires. So, you know, I, I, the chairman of, of college pro, um, you know, I, I know offhanded sort of said, I've never seen so many people work hard so for such little money. <laughs> and the reality is, is this, this model is 
all sorts of students spinning their wheels a lot because they're just learning and they're just growing and they're just, and, and then it's, it's a, another senior level on top of them, just so encouraged by what they're trying to do and, and working with them and working with them and working with them. And it's, it's all again, the, the, the cause of course is let's go, you know, service a lot of, you know, tens of thousands of clients every summer, but really it's about developing these people into leaders for who they're going to become. That's really, really cool. So take us back into your journey a little bit here, Chris. You you obviously didn't start that overnight. You didn't snap your fingers and there it was. So where did your journey actually begin? So, um, you know, back in university, I, I uh, you know, I'm a big extrovert. So I remember uh, meeting an old friend and, and um, she suggested that we run the orientation at University of Toronto St. Michael's College. And so we ran that together. And I met her boyfriend, who now now long term husband and uh, and still great friends, but he basically had started this business and he was the co founder of this business. And at the time, I joined the business. I was I was the 10th owner operator, the 10th person who'd gone and run this business. And really it's kind of a franchise model. And I then spent four years as an owner operator, as a district manager or a coach. And then finally I got the opportunity to buy in as a partner. And four, four years later, I got the opportunity to buy my area of Canada. Um, and I've been doing it ever since. So, so you know, for me, I, I always really admire those entrepreneurs who create the ideas that, you know, they, they, they do. But, you know, I guess I bought the idea that I'm really doing. Now, now we innovated it, we've improved it massively, but ultimately, this, this concept was created by other people. Is this something that you, like that idea of coming up with an idea and then rubber meeting road and scaling and all of that stuff versus kind of coming in as number 10 and then buying into it? Like, do you feel that there's maybe a certain type of person who would be better at buying into a model or a franchise versus starting their own thing? Or is it just kind of whatever opportunity happens to be in front of you in the right moment? Is it like a timing thing to, to go one way or the other? It certainly can be, but I do definitely believe that some people are, you know, are, are very, you know, creative and uniquely, you know, capable of creating those types of ideas. It really is a different type of person. One of the things in our program is we really try to teach the, the basics of accountability and sales and marketing and mindsets and habits that actually go into running really successful businesses. And that, of course, it's really wonderful if they go create that successful business that they run. But, you know, there's always just going to be lots of businesses that we need to continue to run. So that's a, that's a way bigger, if you look at entrepreneurship as a group, there's always a spot there for a good operator, you know, cause really what I am is a really good operator. Like, you know, cause there's something, you know, you really set, set it apart from a, you know, and of course these are the best of the best Bezos and jobs and gates. We're again, creating and transforming industries that, that is, I think it takes a, a whole lot. And, and sometimes I think as well, a lot of business schools are more focused there, right? Even what you did at UW, they're focused in, on, on teaching people that type of a concept. Let's go raise money, et cetera. Most businesses actually get started bootstrapped. So someone's just starting it. I'm just, okay, I'm starting to make money. Client gives me a check. Great. Let's move forward. More clients give me checks. Okay. You know, later on, maybe start it, you know, have an office, you know, all these different things about that's, that's way more likely to be successful. And guess what? 
actually those high, highly, you know, those, those venture capital roles, so many of them don't work, right? But the venture capitalists know that and they, they price that into their investments. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, just personally, I have never seen myself as the inventor or sort of the visionary person, but I am someone who can come in and, and really sort of execute like, like what you're describing, that operator role. Like I can kind of latch onto a good idea and then help propel it. And, and I think finding that for yourself, like what role do you really play in the whole organization and finding that whatever you want to call it, scope of genius, your, your sweet spot, your, I don't know, whatever, whatever word you want to throw there and really living in that space and owning it. The hard thing is that everyone wants to be the jobs and the Bezos, right? That's the one that gets all the notoriety and all of that sort of stuff. And, and if you're not one of those people, it can feel like, well, what the heck is the point, right? How do you, and I imagine with just the generation that's coming through your programs now, it's, you know, the online, you know, millennial, whatever thing you want to throw in there, that instant gratification, like how do you kind of manage that inside of your organization with the students that are coming into your, into your program? It's, that's, that's so, so wise to sort of see that. And again, I think, I think a big, big thing for me is, is, is personally, I think you you always have to manage it is, is you have to manage your ego, right? It's like, what was I put on this planet to do for me? You know, again, I do three things really, really well, and I've done incredibly well because of those three things. And, and then I built an organization to support those three things. So I largely do that. You know, we teach a lot of, you know, just, um, I'm sure you've heard of the marshmallow test. You know, you, you, you put- Actually two, you haven't. Put a, what is the oh, marshmallow test? Okay, so the marshmallow test, uh, Stanford, I believe it was Stanford, they did a, they did a test um, where they, you know, um, three-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old, oh, they put a marshmallow okay, sure. in front of yeah, them yeah, and yeah. they said, if you wait five minutes, you'll get two. And, and, and the, the kids who could wait, what they, they tracked them for decades, had way more successful lives. So we're- recruiting people who are, we're, we're telling them they need to wait months before they're really profitable, before they make money. And, and we're telling them that that's actually what successful, successful people do. And that, that life is unfair and that you don't always get what you want. And, and just because you want to be Steve Jobs or whatever, well, you know, that's not likely how it's going to happen. And let's just make the best choice that you can make. Yeah. Yeah. And that, in a very practical setting, you were, you were getting to teach those lessons as opposed to like through a textbook, which I think is so cool about the program. Going back to sort of your initial engagement with this in college, like how has the program evolved and what's, what's been different from the time that you, you started it as a student or you started in it as a student rather to today and what you're, what you're working on now? Because imagine business environments have changed you know, the economy has changed, Every, you know, presidents and global leaders have changed, right? We're in the coronavirus pandemic right now. Exactly. That's a big yeah. difference, you know? <laughs> so what has been, what has been some of the trajectory changes? Well, well, next year we're entering our 40th year. So lots of change. But if I think back, I originally, we were really running a business on the basis of, you know, trying to make money. Like it was the, the two founders would have been, what, what are your goal? It w- wasn't this core driven purpose of looking to develop leaders. So over time, when I bought the business and when I got more and more involved in the business, that's what it was about. And we got more and more clear that we have a unique process. We're not going to be commoditized in the world of painting or window cleaning. 
um, contractors. We're going to teach, we're going to attract amazing university students who want to come here and develop themselves to have huge careers. We're going to sell that to our to our people who come here, we're gonna get them to sell it to their consumers so that when the homeowners are buying our painting services, they're not just buying painting services, they're buying the feeling that they're supporting this young entrepreneur and local students to go to school. Um, and, then, and then when you look at over the decades, we've just got way better at describing my vision and mostly from other help mostly from other people who've come into the business we've got way better at systemizing the business and developing structures and most of that is 100 percent come from other people my partner and ceo my vp other really smart people who we've basically you know they've shared things and we've just taken it and built it you know we now have crms where you never had crms before you know we we have we have knowledge um you know, the ability to get knowledge out so much easier now compared to what it used to be is fantastic. You know, teleconferences, Zoom conferences, all these different things that are just so monstrously more impactful than it used to be. Absolutely. At, at, at its core, though, and this is something I remember from College Pro, uh, just through the weeds of when I had heard about this going to college, is like the challenge is ultimately you're trying to convince homeowners who are presumably older because most of, you know to hire quote unquote inexperienced college kids to paint their house right and like how do you how have you found to sort of overcome that because i'm a lot of our audience is younger they're trying to get up in the world whether it's their first job their first company they're trying to start whatever like how do you kind of break into that initial thing if you don't have a lot of uh, experience or track record to lean on well, 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 you know, first of all, I guess what we do is, 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 is first of all, prove that actually we can do a great job. I think a lot of times people make up that that's really the issue. Um, when in fact, you know, if you go and look at most contractors, they don't show up on time. They don't do what they say. They don't finish what they start. They're not very polite. So they don't follow what we teach. They don't have a sales and marketing program like we do. So, so ultimately you know, for our entrepreneurs listening, I'm just doing an analysis of how can I separate myself out? And, and even if we, we, we can't separate myself out, you know what does separate you, yourself out? Just show up for all your meetings on time. Just do what you say with all your clients. Just finish what, what you start when you said you would. Um, treat people with respect and you will get loads of referrals. Okay. And then when you do something, do it really well. I know my wife and I were driving by a, a, a mortgage company the other day and it was just this, like it was, it was awful. The marketing they had on their sign, they had misspelled their sign. It looked hokey. And so, so you just go, no, just do it as, as it was meant to be done. You know, take a rigorous commitment to do everything, you know, first class, if not world-class, cause that's tougher to do, but, but just first class. And you're going to grow and succeed. And then you can bring smarter people into your business or hire more, more capable people to support your business. Yeah. You know, there's, I, there's an analogy that I used to use on this show a while ago. So long-time listeners will remember. Uh, but there's, there's, when you look at uh, uh, an athletic event, obviously I was in rowing. Um, we've all had different sports analogies, but a marathon is one that I think about a lot because marathon always represents a long time, right? And there's always a minimum amount of time 
it takes to run a marathon. Like even if you're smoking fast, I think last year, uh, whoever it was broke the two hour marathon record, but you know, a two hour marathon is really fast, but it still is two hours of all out running. And, you know, a three hour marathon for kind of an average person is super fat, right? But that's three hours. So you, you take that into the context of business or trying to grow a podcast or, you know, trying to grow, build a relationship with someone, it takes time. And that time element, I think is something that you certain, it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you're really trying to use to your advantage when it comes to what you're teaching your, your people. And when you put in some really good, arguably unsexy work, showing up on time, just doing a good job repeatedly, that's when it's going to compound and build on itself. And then you're going to get the referrals and you're going to start making the profit. 100%. Like, like, ultimately, you can break your life down into, okay, well, what's the action you need to take to get the result? I want to a $4,000 job. Well, how many doors do I need to, to, to walk on? So value input. Okay. And so there's only two things in life that really matter when you're talking about business it, or really two things in life. Am I setting up a schedule and doing it? So do I always show up and do it? Like, like you're, you're a rower. I was a swimmer. Did you go to workout? Yes. Cause you, you, you competed at a really high level. So did I. And then the second thing is how well are we doing it? So are we coachable? Are we continuing to improve and continue to improve and continue to improve? So it's really simplifying things. I think that, you know, when, when we simplify beyond the complex, that's really the most important thing. And again, I think successful people fall in love with the work, right? That's what a rower has to do. Miles to get medals, right? Like that's what it's about. You know, do lots of miles, you get medals. Yeah. Yeah. There's certainly a performance aspect and some other stuff, but yeah, ultimately it's like, None of it is possible if you don't put in the hours and the in the time in the boat and the time on the erg and same thing with you in the pool. Like you have to put in the laps and the time weight sessions and what have you. And and that is that is I am assuming why it's number one for you. Is and then it's and then it's how well are you doing it? Show up one, two, get better and do it better every day. Yeah, and then be committed to getting better, committed to getting better, committed to getting better. Um, and, and, and partly as well is, is that a lot of times we'll confuse things. Oh, they're really better than us, or they're bigger than us, or they have an advantage than us, or those pros have this, or those, those people have the fancy signs, or whatever it is. All that stuff, just don't confuse yourself. Most decisions, you know that um, um, there's a stat that says the average homeowner gets 1.4 estimates for every project they do, consumer projects. So really, it really comes down to, I get a chance to sit down with someone and express my value. Largely, they're gonna go, check. Wow, I can trust this person. Let's go ahead. You know, you know again, unless you're doing something really wrong. Yeah, I don't know what it is in Canada, but it's something similar when people are picking a real estate agent. It's less than two on average. So it's very similar in that way. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. So it's just, it's just that commitment to show up. And you know, it's, it's always the simple stuff. That's, that's what I'm, to your point earlier, it's like, it's the simple, like communicate, show up when you say you're going to do it, like follow up as you, as you said you were going to do, you know, be five minutes early to the appointment just so that you're not screaming down the road when they're standing out in front of the house or whatever, you know, uh, stuff happens and we all get it. And if, and if you do it well enough, 
over and over and over again, you'll get, you know, a get out of jail free card once in a while too. For sure. Yes. But that's because you bought yourself some of that. But it's like that really basic stuff, which seems for whatever reason to be really hard for people to get into to implement, right? Like how do you actually get kids who in a generation that a lot of people would argue is so addicted to our phones and all this stuff to like focus on that kind of stuff? Well, so we we start by 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 training it and coaching it. So so when you go to meetings and people come late, what happens? Probably people don't comment. Well, we do, and we we get the, we give them the opportunity to restore their integrity and, and and talk about what happened and what new structures could they put into place. Oh well, we've got this weekly meeting. So what could you do? Well, maybe I'll put a reminder in my phone and it'll ring at me, so I so I can go do that. You know, I always love to start at the beginning of the day. Everything starts at the beginning. So the beginning of the day, what happens, Hans? People set an alarm to wake up typically. What do most people do? They hit a snooze alarm. So they don't wake up then. And then they hit it again. And then they're running behind the entire day rather than I, I, I made that commitment. I'm waking up with that commitment. And then I'm, then I'm in integrity. And and one of the one of the things that we try to get people to do is, and, and I recommend our listeners do that, is it's just really working on your integrity. I said I was going to do something, I'm going to do it. I'm said I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. Another big thing that we do is have people work on their habits. And if you look at New Year's resolutions, one of the reasons it doesn't work is because it's resolutions. So just set one and focus on one for a month. Focus on one new habit. And then and then after a while it's like, I'm always doing that. I've got this snooze alarm thing. Thanks, Chris. And then I'm going to move to a new habit. And then what about my gym routine? Or what about my, you know, taking out things from my kitchen because I'm gaining some weight or whatever those things are. And, and I'm just focusing on one at a time because typically what will happen is someone will get motivated and then all of a sudden they're focused on the three, four or five things. And we're just not built that way <laughs> to improve three, four or five three things. All at once, yeah. But it and it it's like the classic Tony Robbins thing. It's like people overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do in ten, right? And that is, I find totally true. I mean, I'm I am absolutely guilty of this. I want to do a podcast and I want to like build my business and I want to do, you know, read ten books and this other thing over here. And and when you break it down, whether it's on your calendar or just some kind of like a Monday is a reading day, Tuesday is a podcast day, Wednesday is a whatever day, right? However you build that in for yourself, but you focus, it's amazing what you can get done and the traction you can get when when you get that that level of dialed focus. One hundred percent. And 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 one of the other pieces, the big the big reason our business works is because we're a coaching business. So every one of our students has a coach who's totally committed to them, is actually paid on the basis of how well they do. So um, one great book I love is the it's called the Weekly Coaching Conversation. And it's written by Brian D'Souza. It was a New York Times bestseller, and and Brian wrote this book that basically describes largely what we've been doing for thirty years. You know how most most bosses and most organizations, what they focus on is the metric. Did you knock on enough doors last year, last, last week? Did you talk to enough clients? You know, it's all metric focused. Now, there's nothing wrong with metrics. We love metrics too. And what really is going to make it happen is the coaching. What, why didn't you 
knock on those doors. What happens? So even just understanding what's standing in their way, you know, what's, what's beneath it, they're, they're not living up to their commitments. And then the second, let's focus on their skills. So I think a huge part of it is, is that coaching and that, you know, there's, it's tough. It's a long road on your own, isn't it? Like just, if you're just doing this and, and obviously people are listening to podcasts cause it, and I'm a huge listener to podcasts or when have started one is, is because it, you feel like you're with other people who are doing the same things who are challenged by the same things. And so that, Hey, if I stay on this for a year, for five years, for 10 years, my life's going to be totally transformed. And certainly for me, my life's been totally transformed, you know, when I was 20 to now I'm 57, you know, life's way, way better, you know, and uh, that's what it is. We're getting to the end of the time and I want to respect the rest of your Friday here, but let's, let's dig in on that like coaching element for just a second, because I'm a huge fan of coaches, but you'll go on Instagram, you go anywhere on the internet, you'll find $10,000 coaching packages left, right, and center, right? And, and that may or may not have value worth $10,000. Not no commentary further than that. But my, my question is more like when you break, so you have these key performance indicators in your business, which is presumably like how many doors did you knock? How many did you close? And I don't know whatever else it is in your business, right? And then you go find someone who's not hitting the KPI that's standard. So then the coach goes in and says, okay, why? As opposed to you didn't do this, get your ass in gear and like get out there and knock on some doors. What is that why conversation? Like how does that typically go for in, in that moment? So a couple of things. Number one, when someone's not doing it, a lot of times like we'll find that their struggles, it's kind of you look at the management leadership continuum, management you know, I, I just need to know how to do it. Okay, I, I got to go do it. Like, they're still haven't figured it out. So a lot of times, it just takes people a whole number of times. How do I go to the door? How do I go have this conversation with someone and, and do it? Like, I remember somebody, somebody, um, you know, Spencer Pepe, he, he did 25 estimates in a row, didn't book one of them. So, so it's like, it, it could happen. Now, we never have that happen anymore because, you know, by three or four, we're going back and doing another with them. We're going back and having them go, go, go get coached by someone else. So a lot of times it can just simply, the why can be skill. The why is I just haven't figured it out yet. But, but sometimes there's, there's things standing in somebody's way like, hey, I'm not good enough. Hey, I'm, I'm, I, you know, there's things standing in the way of, you know, I just don't believe in myself. And, and, and so, so in a, in a coaching environment, someone can discover, wow, that's really silly. Why, what, what's making me say that? Well, those are just thoughts. We can separate it out from our thoughts. Like this isn't true. Like look, look at how successful you've been in other areas. And of course with coaching, all coaching is unique and a personal conversation that happens then. So, so to sort of draw it out any further, doesn't really make much sense, but you can sort of see how it's, it's something standing in their way and you can start to pull the threads out to sort of go change a pattern, go, go, go have that mean something differently so that they can have a more powerful result moving forward. Yeah. Especially in the age of COVID, man, go get a coach, get a mentor, get a team, get somebody on your side who can actually call you out on, on the BS that you, you tell yourself, we all have it. I mean, I'm guilty of this all the time. And, uh, you know, I sit in my little 
uh, at my desk here with my computer. You do the same. And we, we have these Zoom meetings and what have you. It's really easy to just kind of get in your own head, especially now that we're not going to physical offices. So find someone, even if it's just on a one-on-one monthly or weekly basis who can just listen and say, oh, there's a gap here. Or, oh, that's not really true because of blood. Get a second opinion, you know, get someone in your life who can give that to you. And Hans, one thing I also believe is, is a lot of times as well, maybe you know someone in your office, you can be their accountability coach and, and they can be yours. That's something that we set up a lot. And, and it goes on when people leave our organization as well. So, so I, you know, hey, I'm concerned. I'm, I'm still trying to make it. I really don't have that much money. Great. You be a coach. They be your coach. Um, and I don't, I don't have any specific relationships like that, but definitely I have breakdowns where, Hey, something's bothering me. I'm stuck or having a hard time seeing a solution here. I'm reaching out to people who then can be that for me. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's fantastic advice. Chris, like I said, we're getting to the end of the time, man. I really appreciate you being on. You've brought a ton of value today. Um, and I, and I want to transition us into the focus five, which is the same five questions I ask every guest on every show. Are you ready? I am ready. Right on. First question. What book have you gifted most often? Fierce Conversations. So uh, Susan Scott, Fierce Conversations. Basically, Fierce Conversations is about how to have real conversations, you know, um, and, and um, you know, actually talk about the things that are actually in the way in your conversations. Talk about things that, that you know, when you're having conflict, how to have great conversations uh, and great results coming out of conflict. Highly recommend the book. If you could get an hour of somebody's time, past or present, live or dead, and ask as many questions as you wanted, who would that person be and why? I did an amazing uh, program, uh, not a, a number of amazing uh, programs with the Landmark uh, Forum. And so Werner Earhart created the Landmark Forum. So I would love uh, to get an hour with uh, Werner's, uh, Werner's time to, to sort of understand better uh, what, what he's done. What is one thing that you believe that most people would disagree with you on? Well, most people seem to, most people love to, you know, say, say ill about the next generation. And they're always saying ill about the next generation. So for me, I think it's just really silly because the next generation literally stands on our shoulders. And so I see amazing students on a consistent basis who perform unbelievable things uh, and are, are, are definitely ahead of where I was at their age. And uh, so, so that's something that I see in, and that, yes, they, some of the things that they're doing are different. The challenges that they have are much different than I had when I was 20, but, um, but they're, they're amazing and, uh, you know, our future is bright with them. Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. How do you like to start your day? I start my day with, um, well, most importantly, how I finish my day is, is with gratitudes and appreciation. I recognize what I appreciate. I recognize what I'm grateful for. So when I wake up, I'm feeling good. I start with meditation. Um, and, and typically, I get into it. Like, I'll go walk the dogs or I'll, 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 go, I'll go start doing things. I have a lot of structure to my day with meetings. But just getting started in a great headspace is really important. And I really, again, appreciate you being on the show today. What is the best place online we can find you, the podcast, and learn more about StudentWorks? Fantastic. So there's, there's three things. Um, number one, they could go to our website at studentworks.com. We have a, uh, a gift for people if they're interested, studentworks.com slash Hans. So, so they could get some information uh, that may, they may find helpful. 
my LinkedIn is something that you can direct people to. And also my podcast is called the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. And it's, uh, it's really amazing talking about amazing alumni who have done really neat things and are highly energetic and focused. Beautiful. Well, we'll link up to all of that down in the show notes. So it's easy to find uh, and uh, go check it all out there. Chris, thank you so much for being on the show, man. I really appreciate you uh, and have a good rest of your weekend. Thanks so much, Hans. Great day. And that's a wrap for today. Hopefully you enjoyed that just as much as I did. Chris is a great guy. I've got everything that he mentioned there at the end linked up down in the show notes. So if you want to go check out uh, studentworks.com slash Hans, that's H-A-N-S. He's got a free giveaway there for you, as well as his LinkedIn and his podcast, which is phenomenal. Uh, and if you want to connect with me, head over to Instagram. I'm at Chief Sna. I'm also got my website if you want to learn more about my real estate practice, as well as the podcast down uh, linked up in the show notes at HansStrazina.com. And if you, of course, got value out of this, give it a rating and review. Really helps me grow and stay out in front of a few more people. The algorithm loves it, so so do I. Uh, Really appreciate you guys who've taken the few minutes to do that. And if you're thinking about it, I would really appreciate you uh, doing that for me because it makes a huge difference. Well, without any further ado, let's get on out of here for today. This is Hans Strazina, host of Another Way to Play. And remember to make every chapter better than the last.